Welcome to Fundraising Stories with Female Founders. I'm Julia Elliott-Brown, the founder and CEO of Enter the Arena. I'm a serial entrepreneur and an expert in raising investment and business growth. Our mission at Enter the Arena is to empower female founders to fly through pre-raise and investment and onto the exponential growth of their business with investment expertise and business coaching. Here we share the stories of inspirational female founders who've raised investment to inspire you to do the same. You'll hear their honest accounts of what it was really like to secure funding, the highs, the lows and the challenges they experienced on the journey. And along the way, we'll discuss top tips for how you can be successful too. Today I'm speaking with Kim Palmer, the founder of Clementine. Now Clementine is a hypnotherapy app created by women for women. It's all about helping us achieve some calm moments during the day, more important than ever, given how much uncertainty and anxiety we all face. Clementine launched in 2017 and now has a community of over 100,000 women. The app was voted by The Guardian as one of the seven apps every woman should own. Prior to setting up her startup, Kim worked at Wonderman Thompson as a strategy director, helping some of the world's biggest brands with their global marketing campaigns. She's been listed as one of the top 100 women in femtech and health tech. And in 2018, she won the accolade of IPA Campaign Woman of Tomorrow, which recognizes female industry leaders of the future. Now in 2020, Kim raised a million pounds of investment to help her grow the business. So let's meet Kim and discover exactly how she did that, mm-hmm. what the journey was like and her top tips on how to approach the process. So hi Kim, welcome. Thank you for having me. Mm. It's always see- a bit weird to hear an intro to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's strange, isn't it? And for those of you who aren't watching the video, I have to tell you that, that Kim has an incredible background on her video. It's the most fun, colourful I think I've ever done so if you get the chance to check out the video on YouTube or on the Entity Arena website please do that so (laughs) Kim tell us all about the Clementine app how does it work Um, what does it enable women to do okay yeah good good question let's start with how it works so basically we help women who are feeling tired or stressed and overwhelmed um, perhaps feeling you know a little bit low and, and are lacking a bit of self-belief in themselves and it could be that they're feeling all of those things or it could just be that they're feeling one and because it changes on a daily basis doesn't it and with all of that often what happens is um, you have a lot of negative chatter in your head thinking that you can't do things and what we do is we work with those women to shift their mindsets I suppose you could say we're a mindset company to help them believe and like really feel that they can do whatever they want and that could be as simple as getting a good night's sleep um actually that's not that simple is it I say that (laughs) or it could be you know perhaps thinking I'm going to go to that meeting today and I'm going to speak in that meeting so that you've got a bit more confidence um, with your voice and we do that I suppose our secret source if you want to call it that is through hypnotherapy we believe that hypnotherapy is the most accessible um, first step when you're going from feeling at a place of vulnerability, you know, um, because it's just so easy to access and it's amazing for changing habits. Hmm. So that's kind of how it works. And we do focus purely on women, you know, we're an open community and open app, to, accessible to everybody, but we 
uh, unashamedly designing with women in mind. Mm. Okay, fascinating. So uniquely for women and focusing on, on hypnotherapy and all those, as you were sort of saying, all of those feelings about, you know, how confidence and anxiety. And I think we all, we all feel that to, to yeah. some extent or another. Yeah, definitely. And actually it's not, um, unfortunately, or fortunately, depends how you look at it. Like I've leaned into all of this stuff. It's, it's something that goes with you. You know, it's a daily thing. It's a situational thing. Maybe you're going through something in your life. Um, it's not just for a certain group of women. It's, it's just like, it's life. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fantastic. So what, so what kind of made you want to start all of this, Kim? I mean, given, you know, a very different background working at Wonderful. Yeah. Kind of what, what made you think I'm going to build this kind of hypnotherapy app? I know, I know, because it does seem a bit strange when you look at my career history. Um, yeah, I mean, it was all, it all came from my own personal experience, really. That was the inspiration. I had a rather epic emotional breakdown um, about seven years ago. Um, which the very short story of that is I had my very first panic attack um, at work, which is was so traumatic for me because I built up all of my sense of self-worth in being Kim Palmer. You know, she's got it together. She's super ambitious. She's superwoman. You know, I was trying to act and behave in a way that... Um, I didn't feel like I was actually that person, if that makes sense. I'm sure I, the thing is, my story is not actually that extraordinary. I know a lot of women feel like this, right? And yeah. um, so I spent I mean, a lot. Too. I mean, I think, you know, women especially, isn't it? Because we feel we have to be better than anything to be successful, whether you're working yeah. in the corporate or whether you're a founder. Yeah, yeah. a mother. Pressure. Yeah, a mother, exactly. Just everything. It's like, I need to be the best at everything. And, you know, I need to look like Heidi Klum in my bikini and, you know, all this <laughs> ridiculous stuff. So it all caught up with me because I didn't look after my mental health. I didn't know what mental health was. I don't think anyone did. No one talked about it. So I had my first panic attack at work. And then I went on a very quick um, downward spiral. And my world went from being very big to very small because I just kept experiencing panic attacks on a daily basis. I lost my voice, I lost my confidence. It was pretty dark for a long time. And my way through that was um, through hypnotherapy. I did some other therapy and everybody at the time, thinking back, you know, sort of seven years ago was saying, do mindfulness, do mindfulness meditation. I remember buying the book and throwing it out, <laughs> the, mind, the first mindfulness book, because I was like, my brain can't do this. I'm not there. I'm so far away from being able to sit still, you know, shut my brain down, be conscious with my thoughts, which was just too scary. And um, I found hypnotherapy and it, I can't tell you how a game changer it was, even just after one session. Of course, it didn't fix things overnight, but I felt it was almost like a poison was being removed from my body, even just after one session. And then I saw my therapist for a year and she helped me to just be okay, like to get up out of bed, um, to go to work and not freak out all the time, you know, to sleep, all that stuff. And what was so cool about it was that she recorded these sessions that we were having together on my phone. 
And so I began using them in all manner of situations. Like I'd be at work and something horrible would happen or someone would speak to me and I'd get upset <laughs> and I'd hide in the loose and use it or on my way home because I, I really struggled to let work go back then. Um, and so I'd listen to it on my way home to sort of have a, an easier transition into the evening or the weekends. I was using it for sleep, but basically used it for everything. Mm. And it was when I was at Wonderland Thompson and I created this initiative um, with um, the CEO at the time, which was about helping women to feel safe and okay at work and to build tools that would help them manage their mental well-being and their confidence that I started to talk about my feelings of not always feeling okay and but that that was okay and that it didn't need to define your whole life and it's okay to have a bad day you know but you just need to look after yourself and that's when a lot of light bulbs went off in my head because every single woman came to speak to me and say, oh my gosh, I feel like this mm. and no one talks about it and how do I help myself, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, this didn't happen overnight, but I was like, I really feel like I could do something to help these women. And classic strategist, I went into... Um, a mode of I didn't I didn't overnight think of Clementine I actually just more broadly was trying to think what were the problems that I could solve in the world if I was to start a business but I just kept getting pulled back to this idea of helping women with sleep and anxiety and stress and and doing it in a way that really worked in their day mm. um, and added no burden to them because I, I just kept, I kept getting annoyed that people kept saying, do this, do this. And like, you know, train yourself to do this for 20 minutes. And I was just like, I don't, I just don't have the capacity for this. Yeah, because mind, mindfulness is hard, isn't it, really? You have to really focus. I mean, to, for the uninitiated, myself included, what, what is the difference then with hypnotherapy? Yeah, I try to, when I explain this, I try to keep it really non-technical. <laughs> so... With meditation, I describe it as more of a lean-in and mindfulness, mindfulness meditation. It's a lean-in experience where you have to really participate um, and be conscious. That's an important word. So that you are deciding, I'm going to distance myself from this. I'm going to let go of this, you know, all that stuff. So it's lean-in conscious. That sounds fine. But when your brain is very busy and you struggle to even like sit down, that act of leaning in, being conscious, is that can be very difficult. And that's what I found. In fact, what I found was that it made me feel worse because I was a perfectionist. And I was like, I can't do this. This is really hard. Uh, and so I just felt worse about myself. Now with hypnotherapy, the way we describe it is it's a lean back and un, un, it's an unconscious experience. So actually that feels massively different in a world where you described it in the intro where we're all like super stressed, super busy and don't want more burden. So it basically tries to get you very quickly into a lean back, relaxed state. So that's like joyous <laughs> for me. Like any moment I can just lean back and step out of life is quite good and shut off the noise um, and then because of that 
we get you into a state of trance or hypnosis or what I call autopilot, just to make it really, you know, dumb and down a bit, um, which means that you're, we're accessing your unconscious mind and that's where it's, you're very malleable to um, being more creative with your thoughts and unpicking beliefs that you might be holding on to that almost certainly won't be true so that we can re rebuild more positive and healthy habits. I see. So lean in, lean out, back, conscious, unconscious, if just keep it as simple as that. Yeah. So you, so, okay. So you had all these women kind of saying to you, this really resonates. You're thinking, I want to do something here. So then you, did you then decide to, to create a business or an app that would- I do you know what? I never, I never actually, I'll be really honest. In the early days, I was not thinking, I'm going to create a massive business. You know, it wasn't that. I just thought I need to start really slow. And I wanted to create something that I knew was going to have an impact on people. That was it. That was it. And then I came up with the idea for Clementine because I was like, if I'm going to create something, I want it to be something that I'm aligned with. Mm-hmm. And that if I'm going to spend all my energy and time you know I've got two kids had all already stressful job it needed to be something that I felt completely passionate about and so yeah I did I remember it really clearly in January 2017 I told everyone in my life that I was going to start something a business and and they were like what is it and I was like I don't know (laughs) and then for three months I went on a real exploratory um sort of phase of what could I do what could I solve what could it look like all that without trying to jump to solutions but it came clear very quickly and then at the end of those three months it was me in my head in a powerpoint presentation saying I'm going to create an app well actually it wasn't an app I'm going to create a support system that helps women tackle their issues with sleep stress anxiety and confidence Mm -hmm. and then I spent every night I literally checked, we changed our whole lives really to do this. Um, I spent, because I told my husband I wasn't going to be doing anything at home anymore um, <laughs> because I wanted yeah. to spend all my time doing this. And so I'd come home and rather than pottering around the house and, you know, d- tidying up dishes and whatnot, I was like, I'm not doing it. Um, you'll have to do it. And I just spent every night just like, you know, building it and, and in the um, weekends and, it just I just loved it though it's so Um, exciting at that beginning isn't it yeah why did you call it why did you call it Clementine Clementine yeah I get asked that question loads because people are like I don't understand (laughs) they love it they're like because it feels like it's a woman so it was really simple I had a tiny little branding agency help with come up with the design and you know the name and stuff and they asked everybody who was part of the process to bring in an everyday item that they thought depicted what this brand was going to be. So some people brought in their favorite mug. Some people brought in like headphones and I bought in a bag of Clementines. And the reason I did that is because when I was working at Wonderman Thompson, in fact, I was still working there at the time, um, cause I was always, I had a lot of nervous energy. I, you know, I, I was a very anxious person and so I used to take Clementines, I'd have them in my bag or Satsumas or whatever, and I'd take them into meetings and I would peel them and like, like into tiny little like piles and take all the pith off. And it was my way of managing my nervous 
energy and anxiety. And then it was almost like a fidget tool that no one else in the meeting would know that that's what I was really doing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's just so cool because they fit in your bag and they don't bruise like bananas and then they taste good and they look good and all that stuff. And when I was describing this, it was like a ritual I would do in every meeting. Everybody was just like, this is this is it. Like the other thing we did is we looked at all the competitors who all had quite um, descriptive names. So calm, headspace, you know, happy, not perfect. And we realized because we were later into the category that we had to do something that was quite different. And also the name Clementine is a woman's name and we wanted it to feel like it had a personality. So all those things combined, everybody just went, that's what it has to be. Oh, what a great story. I love that. I can really visualize you doing that. Actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so early days. So you're, you, you basically told your husband you're not going to do anything around the house. You're <laughs> working your ass off, building this thing for, for, for three, three or four months, whatever. Putting all your money into it too, I imagine. Yes, all our money. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did how did that conversation go with your husband? <laughs> um, actually, it was he. Do you know what? I have to, you know, I give my husband a hard time, but he is literally my biggest supporter and always has been. He, for years and years, he'd always said to me, "I think you should start a business," but I never had the confidence to do it, um, and I never had the idea. And so he was always just saying, "Leave your job, do this. Leave your job, do this," because you've got it in you. And I just was like. So for him, it was a no-brainer. I'd been made redundant um, a few years before that. So I had a payout that I saved. So we had that money put aside. And so I said, okay, well, let's use that money. It was, it was just, yeah, do it. What I didn't know, what we didn't know, was how much it was really going to cost. <laughs> like, I was like, it'll probably cost this. And it ended up costing double that. Yeah. But it didn't matter because I was just so, it, it, it made me so happy. Yeah, I remember that with when with my last business with my sister and, and also she, she'd taken redundancy. So she put her redundancy money into it. We, we didn't really know how much it would cost. We just kept putting more money into it because yeah. we absolutely... We absolutely believed in the idea. I think when you do, when you when you're so convinced, it just becomes yeah. a no-brainer to just keep funding it. Yeah, totally. And and it was a lot of money, but you know, I don't regret it at all. And we've had to really change our lifestyle to support putting that money in. But again, I don't regret that because that that came with a lot of learnings too. You know about what's important in life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so how far did that get you then? How far did you manage to go? Yeah, so basically, so I put the app live on the App Store in 2017. So it wasn't like, oh, launch to the world, Clementine is here, because I didn't have any money to market it. That was the thing I hadn't really thought about. I put all the money in creating it. And then that went as far as, got us as far as up to 2019, um, where at that point the community was about 50,000 and um, yeah it was about 50,000 and we had really good reviews on the app store and I just you know you know when you can see lots of micro data points that are telling you that you're onto something um, it was a it was pulling me rather than me pushing if that makes sense mm. And I, and that, at that point though, it started to plateau. 
And I was like, I don't think there's anything more that I can do here without getting proper help and support. I really just didn't know what to do. And so that, yeah, it was the summer of 2019. I also like was about to go on an epic burnout. I could, I was so close to it because I had two kids. I had a job and I was running this side hustle. And I was, at that point, I felt like I was failing at all of those things. Well, I'm not surprised. (laughs) Yeah, it was too much. (laughs) I'm actually, I was just really shocked when you just said to me that you were still working at that point. I just made the assumption that you'd left the company, but of course, that's not, how the hell were you doing all of that? I don't know. I literally would come home and I would work late. I I worked late and all weekends for years, for those few years, I just did. And it didn't. I didn't realize at the time because I loved it, but actually it was still a lot of hard work, right? You know, physically, you know, and mentally taking a toll on trying to juggle all of those things was really hard. Um, and so I was about, I mean, I remember the weekend when I just broke down and I was in tears and I was like, something's got to go. And that's when actually it was my husband again, who was like, well, it's obvious what has to go and it has to be your job. Um, because we've invested all our money in this. You've got to just go in it. You've got to get in it now, Kim. <laughs> um, and, and go hell for leather, really. And so I quit my job. I was the main breadwinner too, so it wasn't an easy decision for me, even though he was like, just do it. So we, again, we had to pull back from our whole, like a lot of things we were doing in life to support that. And we gave ourselves a runway. We'd saved enough money to give ourselves a runway of six months to to fundraise so I knew that there was no way that I could scale the business any further without money and you know I was looking around at the you look at the category and it's like they've all had collectively over a hundred million dollars worth of investment you know (laughs) I need you just can't compete can you you can't you can't compete and so that's when sorry I'm just gonna put my laptop in that is when I yeah, I, I thought, right, we've got to fundraise. And that was scary, though. <sighs> I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, so you've made a couple of big, fat decisions there. One is to quit your job, pretty scary. And the other one is to raise investment within a, you know, a very tight time frame. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't know, like, you know, at, then I went into it and everyone was like, it always takes twice as long as you think it's going to take and did it. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> and then I had the narrative, which actually I found, well, it's not a narrative. You know, the truth of the matter is the facts show that women do not get, <laughs> they get the minority of, of funds that go into the um, ecosystem. And I had that in my head mm. and, I, and it really was unhelpful. Yes, because, it can really be a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, can't it? If you, yeah, yeah. Because I went into it very negatively, thinking, "Oh my God, but what if I don't get it? What if I don't get it? What?" But actually, I should have been thinking, "What if I do get it?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I really, uh, my mental health during that fundraising process was was grim, to be honest. I had a lot of panic attacks during that time, but. Were you avidly using were you on your app? Honestly, I was going to invest some meetings and I was literally like using the app about 10 times. <laughs> um, yeah. In fact, everybody out there fundraising, I mean, yeah. get the app. Use the <laughs> app. Honestly, before you go to a meeting, use one of the sessions. Yeah, it's just, it was amazing. 
Yeah. So how did you get your head around it all then, having never raised investment before? What was your approach to learning about fundraising, learning the language, the etiquette? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know I know because it was a new, completely new world that I found really daunting and so I decided very early on that I didn't want to do that on my own and again a bit like what my husband always says to me is like why why chance this you've come so far why chance this next most important step if you want to go forward and so I met um, a guy called Melon who approached me actually when I went to speak at a big breakfast briefing about mental health and he said to me if you want to fundraise you might want to think about getting some support and I already knew that so we had a couple of chemistry meetings and I we agreed that we would work together so we said it was all a formal agreement we had a contract and everything and so his main job was help Kim get her money he but it was so much more than that you know he helped me write the pitch deck we took six weeks to really make sure we had a very coherent story um, which I struggled with because I wanted to say it in my way and not thinking about what an investor wanted to hear so he really helped me um, weave that properly and then we were very sort of strategic about it and you know mapped out the whole of the UK investor community we even were thinking about crowdfunding angels before we decided the route and then he set up all the meetings um, came to every single meeting with me and he he became like a coach really to me um, from a technical point of view but also just from a confidence point of view um, I really just honestly could not have done that without him I really truly believe that um, and yeah he was the one who introduced me to our, our main investor <clears throat> and had actually almost like it was almost a done deal really I didn't know that because he didn't tell me that until we <laughs> until they were like yeah we want to invest <laughs> um, so it was, it was it was brilliant I'm so glad to hear that you got that help and it is absolutely critical isn't it I mean if to try and do it on your own is really really tough yeah I couldn't have done it but I know everybody's different but I just didn't like you said at the beginning for me it felt like Melon helped me open a door and get a key to a door that I didn't know and understand and then introduce me to all the people in it but also like make sure that I understood what they were saying and you know that's gold dust yeah so important I'm glad you got that help um, okay, so you got introduced then to your um, who, your your now investor. Yes. So tell us about that. I mean, did you have, did you have lots of meetings before you met that that big? Um, you know. Actually, it, do you know what? It, it was very interesting. In some ways, I think I'm not going to use the word lucky, but the timing could not probably have been better for for Clementine um, because it was touching on so many big movements um, and so we didn't find it difficult to get meetings uh, we didn't find it difficult to have conversations really um, so that I know that that every not everybody's in the same boat so I felt fortunate for that um, and so yeah we did meet them very actually quite early on um, but we continued with our meetings um, because Melon was like you know let's you know you even if someone doesn't invest now the they might be an investor in the future. And I'd never really thought about that because to be honest, as soon as we met them, I went, let's stop. Because <laughs> I was just, my mental health was just so bad. I was like, I just want to stop. And he was like, 
absolutely not. There's well, no, until you put the money in the bank as well. Yeah. Don't Keep put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah. And, you know, you've got a Series A and you might do a Series B. So, you know, you've got to keep meeting people. Um, so, yeah, we did, in answer to your question, we did meet them quite early on. It did take a long time, though, for everything to go through because then there was the pandemic and, you know. Yeah, exactly. How did that, how did that affect your whole process? It just slowed everything down. Just everything was slow about it. Uh, fortunately, um, Fortunus, who are our investor, were knew that the opportunity for Clementine was now. And so even though the process of having all the investment papers, you know, and everything done and signed took a long time, they invested and, and gave us a lifeline really to start sooner rather than later. And that was hugely helpful. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So they, so you did your round, which was a million pounds, right? Yeah. A million pounds. Yeah. And so was it just that one big investor or did you have any other investors that joined? They are the biggest investor. Um, but one of the other things that Mel and I did when we were very early on was um, we created this group of women, actually he's in it as well, called the Clementine Collective. And it came off the back of him making me realise that actually I had quite an extensive network that I'd sort of forgotten about, you know, of all because I had a corporate marketing career all the women that I worked with um, ha ha took quite linear paths and were now all, you know, C-suite at big companies. And so he said, you know, why don't we create a group with some of these women who, from different backgrounds as well, who will become not just investors, but a powerful group of influential women to support you. So, I mean, honestly, it's been, that was quite um, an, an insightful thing to do because I talk to them all the time. You know, they unlock doors for us and they, you know, just help us have perspective on things because they're so connected to the working environment um, or they connect us with people that we wouldn't have known, you know, all that stuff. Um, we were thinking at that time when we were doing that, that that might have helped us if we were doing crowdfunding, but we never needed to do that. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was, it's was, it really good. So I have my own group of mentors really and advisors. That's a really nice idea. When you get those kind of advisors who invest as well, they're, they're really committed to support. Yeah, they are very generous with their time, like beyond the money that they put in. They're just, they're, they are, they want to make it work just as much as we do. Fantastic. So obviously, you know, th those initial thoughts you had about how, as a woman, you wouldn't be able to get funding weren't true. No, not true at all. <laughs> Completely not true. Yeah. I mean, what do, you, what do you think we can be doing to get more um, women, you know, who are, start who, who are running startups funded? I think a lot of it is to do with um, the language and the way that we are inviting people to be part of um, the process. So, I mean, I talk quite openly about this. I don't believe in this idea of pitching. I never actually had to pitch to our investors. They were very much, we don't believe in that. Let's just have a, a conversation about your business, which changed my whole mindset and the way I spoke to them. Now, I'm, I'm part of many women in business communities, and I know so many amazing small businesses who would never enter the arena, 
just purely because of having to pitch because it's it's been made into this really big scary thing and I think we need to a get rid of the get rid of it get rid of pitch competitions I don't believe in those I find it very disrespectful to business owners that you know come and pitch like a like you're acting and what if you're not good at that Mm. you know you might have the most amazing business in the world but it will never get there if if you lack the confidence to be able to do it in that way I think it's a major major barrier yeah I mean those those I mean competitions anyway competitions. and those kind of I mean I remember it very well when I was raising you know that kind of standing on a platform or a stage in front of what certainly always used to be a sea of men in suits yeah it was hideous it's hideous Absolutely hideous. So, you know, I, to- I totally agree with you. And it, it has to be a conversation because it, it's about fit, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. About, it's a good, are we a good fit for each other? It's not like you go on a date with someone and no. it's yourself to them. It's to me. No, it's amazing. To know each other, it's, it's crazy. And it seems like a simple thing, right? But it's not because the whole system is is made up of pitching. and. Yeah, but I think it's a, I, I think it's a very male construct. It's a very chest beating ego driven environment and those audience of you're often pitching to people who are never going to invest but they like to ask you really horrible questions in front of an audience yes make themselves look big yeah Um, I know and you're like no like we've even now because we're we're heading towards series a and people send me your pitch deck da 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 and I'm like no if you want to have a conversation with us sure happy to jump on a call for half an hour but not going to do that. I'm not. I totally agree. Never, never send your pitch deck out. It's you. You're the one that has to talk through your business with someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We do, um, we do an event on clubhouse once a quarter at the moment, which is about, um, it is called female founders pitch. And I'm thinking maybe we should change the name of it actually, Kim, but it's just a three minute audio, um, presentation but I don't see that as a pitch for investment it's Mm. not it's an opportunity to to showcase your business to lots of people and get practicing at crafting business in three minutes I do think that we all need to get better at being able to communicate our business of course of course um I do think that's really important but I think I personally quite like the audio environment because it's it's a lot less pressured. It's um, less daunting. Yeah. yeah, but it's still it's still daunting. But yeah, the word pitch, even pitch. You call it female founders it. showcase, which is what you just said it was. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to rename it. Thanks. Because <laughs> I do <laughs> think the word is it's loaded. Yeah, it is loaded, and the word pitch deck. We should change the name of that as well. Yeah. yeah. Give that some thought. <laughs> so what? So what do you think about you know? So that's in terms of the 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 structure of the industry and how we how we facilitate you know the connections yeah and that what about um what advice would you give to other female founders out there who were getting ready to raise investment yeah um so there's a number of things one which is around well there's making sure you've got your pitch deck right <laughs> we'll call it pitch deck yeah and one of the things that Malin and I did, actually looking back, which really helped was to share it with a lot of, um, we weren't afraid to share before we actually went to the investors that we really wanted to talk to, um, to get feedback, even though we knew those people weren't going to invest. We almost like had a tiered system. 
uh, does that make sense? So it's like, oh, we just really want to know what you think. Yeah. You know? So going, going to them for advice, so yeah. going for advice as opposed to investment, just to test out the test the water. Yeah. What we learned from that very early on is that we'd massively undervalued the business. <clears throat> like very early on, the first two people were like, um, so, uh, Mel and I were like, oh my gosh, actually we've really, imagine if we hadn't, hadn't caught that early you know yeah. um so the other thing is I think it's good early on I did this is to talk to as many founders as you possibly can to hear their stories about how they raised money because everybody's so different you know um VC funds might be right for one person crowdfunding might be right for another angel you know grant funds you know, friends and family rounds, whatever it is, I would try to talk to as many people to find to understand what might be right for you and not just go with what everybody is telling you is right because it is, it's has to be aligned to your life as well. But it's a very, per, it's a very personal decision. There is no one right fundraising strategy. And, but of course, you know, you're sharing your story here is a big part of that and all the other amazing founders who've shared their stories on this podcast I think yeah definitely and that's what I did I listened to this podcast because I was just desperate to understand and and hear from as diverse range of of people as I possibly could women actually and I really did think there was not enough resources out there of women you know being totally real with their stories um so yeah, I think that's really important and not be ashamed to, to ask people because people are actually quite keen to talk about their businesses, aren't they? <laughs> uh, and I'm just thinking what were the other things I would do? I would get rid of, I would put aside the fact about women not getting investment. Yeah, we know it, right? But you need to go into it with a positive mindset. It's a like I didn't, which is a what if I get it, not a what if I don't get it. Because it just really changes the way that you behave and feel during the process, which is hard. Yeah, well, I would say even, what am I going to do when I get it? Yeah, what will I do when I get this money? Yeah, so you go into it with expecting this is a fait accompli. And the confidence that you will exude with that attitude is what will attract investors to you. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah 100%. I, and I do like be mindful about it, like write it down and say, yeah. what will like, like genuinely? Because, um, so, yeah, I think those are, yeah, and get help, right? And that's the other thing get help, get help, get help. Don't like, don't chance it. Yeah, that's all great advice. Thank you so much. So, so you raised the investment, and um, so what's what's shifted then since? What's you stepped down as the CEO, is that right? Yeah, and I, I'd, um, try not to use the language of step down because actually I feel like I've stepped up okay great Thank um, you for reframing that for me no 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 no. I've had to do the reframe in my head because it wasn't my uh, decision to get a CEO in and I was dark about it at first uh, for the first week uh, getting my head around could I even do that could I allow that to happen and then I really quickly realized that oh my god of course I could allow that to happen because it was a gift and that having someone who knows what they're doing I've never been a CEO I built a business but actually I didn't build a business it wasn't even a business at that point really and she I needed someone to help me turn it into a business and so I am working on the business and in but before I was only ever down 
right at the bottom if that makes sense you're in the weeds in yeah the weeds. in the weeds and you know I still we're still like up in the weeds uh, down in the weeds but I'm way more like thinking about where we're going what's next you know um thinking about very creative um ideas that the team aren't focused on right now um so it's been absolutely brilliant it was the best thing we did it sounds liberating that is the word <laughs> liberating yeah. yeah that's really interesting and I think that we should all take a leaf out of that book and not feel like we have to hang on to that position as no. we the business because actually it what's best it's about what's best for the business and what's best for you yes exactly and I had to go through a process of saying Kim Palmer and Clementine are not the same thing and my job changed to be the guardian of the business, you know, and what exactly to your point, what does the business need? Not what does Kim Palmer need? And mm. <laughs> almost like take ego out of everything. Yes. And hopefully that gives you some more balance as well in terms of not have, I mean, maybe you maybe your husband will get you <laughs> in the house again. But you know, it's about being able to spend time with the kids and enjoy your life as well, isn't it? Really? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've I've sort of got my head around the fact that I don't strive for balance, to be honest. It's mm. for me, it's a it's a thing that doesn't exist. Um, I'm happy with work work-life integration mm. and just trying to make those two work and it's a daily, you know, um, something that we focus on daily really rather than striving for something yes so what's next for the business and do you think you'll you'll be i mean we'd be raising more investment in the future will you yeah. need to get involved with that yeah definitely i'm so involved and and i've realized that actually even kim palmer and clementine aren't the same thing but i'm still a huge part of where this is going to go and why it's going to be successful um and that's what investors are constantly want to hear my vision for the business and and you know my passion for where it goes so yeah definitely really heavily involved in that we're we're starting series a and hope to finish it um by the end of the year right now um and so we're focused so we did had a valuation at the beginning of the year we're doing another one in august to just try and you know move move it up move the metrics up a bit so we yeah. get get the best for money you know <laughs> value for money um and then because I suppose from a strategic point of view we've really been focused on building solid foundations so that we can scale massively and grow mm. and that's what the next round of funding will be used to do exciting so much opportunity well, I have to say I'm immediately after this podcast, I'm going to go and download the app <laughs> because I'm really excited to explore it. Um, yeah. I think we all should, we all should be exploring it. Keeping you, keeping yourself sane and yeah. calm is, is the biggest present you can give to yourself. I think. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and just realize that it doesn't have to be a burden. Yeah. You can just do little things each day. I, I really claim the loo in my house, so I spend a bit of extra time in the loo. <laughs> I'm there and listen to something because I don't have loads of time. So that's that's how I do things like that. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Kim. It's been really interesting meeting you and I uh, wish you all the success for Clementine in the future. Thank you. I always feel very flattered to share my story. So, yeah. Thank you. Hopefully it helps someone. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Kim. 
thanks for following Fundraising Stories with Female Founders. This content is all provided to you for free, so if you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe so you never miss another one. Enter the Arena has helped hundreds of female founders fly through pre-raise and investment and onto the exponential growth of their business. Our first-hand experience, expert guidance and proven programs help female founders unleash the Wonder Woman inside. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to www.entertheArena.co.uk. I'm Julia Elliott-Brown and I look forward to talking with you soon.